Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking about Zoom bombing as well as lessons learned from the second semester of COVID. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 94. Zoom bombing and best practices. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Sound extraordinary. This is EdTech, monthly higher ed tech podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell. And this month, as always, I'm joined by Mr. Ernie Bailey. Hello, sir. I'm doing just fine. Good. Uh, as, as well, I'm joined by Mr. Rob Raspberry. How are you? Doing great. Snow's melting. That's a good thing. That is. Uh, also, we have uh, Mr. James King. How are you? Good. And yourself? Doing well. Doing well. And last, but certainly not least, Mr. Scott Tyner. How are you, sir? Hey, Bill. I'm doing well. Always fun to be here. Yay. So, um, first off, folks, um, we're actually going to start this. Uh, we're going to start this one off with an article from Scott. It's, uh, it's from Rave Pubs, and it is entitled uh, "Lessons from Semester One." Now. As always, if you've been in higher ed uh, and been a tech manager for anywhere from the past 15 days to the past year or so, um, we've all been kind of going through a little bit of a baptism by fire. Uh, and that is, you know, all of a sudden we've had our provosts, our presidents, and our faculty all going, I don't want to be in the classroom. I have to do, uh, you know, I need to do uh, hybrid or remote, or, you know, we have to work this through because you know, once again, COVID. So um, from that, you know, a number of uh, solutions were implemented and nothing is, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but there is the, as we put it, kind of good enough. And um, through some of these, if you read through the article and everything, there are some things that have been kind of a learning process slash, oh yeah, yeah, that too. Um, one of the things I noted in the article was the fact that your most common problem seems to be that uh, your remote side students tend to have an issue hearing everything. Now, it could be that, you know, the way the room was put together, uh, the acoustics are not always the greatest. It could be that the microphone placement uh, doesn't pick up things. But, you know, at the same time, we have to keep in mind that some of this stuff just went, hey, um, can we get this done before the following semester slash break? And, you know, uh, we've kind of talked about it a little bit here, but um, in that same time, just about every college and place of higher ed, and then we're gonna, you know what, just for fun, I'll include the K through 12 realm, suddenly said, oh, we need webcams. Oh, we need microphones. And all of a sudden, it went from uh, finding, you know, your little Logitech cameras, or in my case, you know, we got the hover cams, um, or you know, just your basic soundbar and cameras. They were all suddenly became a luxury, and they all suddenly became very scarce and very in demand. So it's all of a sudden it was just like, well, this is good enough. And the other end of it was, um, you know, after a while, some of the teachers actually, you know, once we got all that in. Uh, and some of the faculty actually started learning to use, you know, the actual record features on either, you know, Canvas or Blackboard Collaborate Ultra or Zoom or what have you. 
um, folks started actually like making use of it. So, um, you know, before I before I end out round out the entire article, Scott, that it was that uh, was that like uh, about the uh, Reader's Digest version of that. I think so. And and for us with the audio issue, it, it was. It was that we responded to the problem we had at hand, which was there may be a couple students who are remote and it may happen on occasion and it may, we may need it to speak in this semester. And what we quickly learned is actually there's always going to be students remote. Some didn't even come to campus. There's going to be some in quarantine. There's going to be some in isolation. And we fell into a little bit of the consumerism trap, which is, boy, I don't know. I can sit around my you know, Dan with a webcam and people sitting in the room talking, everybody hears and just completely different environments. And so we're going to struggle. I, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing from everybody else about um, we're going to need to keep these tools in there. I don't foresee these going away, even at a place like Bates, which is an in-person teaching um, institution. And we're going to have to go through, we're going to install real audio systems in these rooms um, going forward. Um, I think that the good piece is we have a lot of backing of the faculty. Our faculty really understand when we when we talk to them. Like, no, I get I get that this doesn't work great. I get how you did this in, in an emergency, um, and they're going to back us when we go to administration and say, okay, now we need to do this right. Mm -hmm. so, um, go ahead, guys. I, as I say, I want to hear I want to hear uh, from around the table, and then I'll uh, give my two cents. So that's kind of the take I took is when we started to investigate this is I was looking long-term. I knew this wasn't going away. We're always going to have this kind of feature. Um, now, granted, our biggest problem is a lot of the high quality stuff is big bucks. And I'm sorry, I can't justify spending, you know, two grand for a microphone for a classroom. So in the intermediate ones is we went with a lapel system cheaper that actually we can split the audio to go into the house and into the computer for zoom so the far end hears it clear just as in the near room um, and then we give the body pack in the room and each faculty member has a, a lavalier cable yeah, we've uh kind of gone sort of like down that line you know let's get some of these rooms up and going quick quickly but at the same time, let's let's look at what it takes to build them out. And uh, James, on your comment, you know, we are seeing a reduction in price and an improvement in quality over the last year. I mean, it's been amazing what we've seen uh, making these rooms. It's more affordable to do the rooms than it was. You know, we what we're doing in rooms right now. You know, we may be spending three to four thousand dollars for a classroom that would have cost us fifteen to twenty thousand three years ago and getting the same or higher quality and, uh, you know, maybe some more functionality and easier because of COVID remote access. You know, we can get into it easier than we could with the previous tools because our technicians are not on site either. So we've got to figure out how to build that in. So we're seeing, uh, I, th I think, uh, transformation uh, in the whole industry, not, not just for the education side, but for everybody and from the manufacturers uh, helping us out on that, which has been, I think, very exciting. Uh, but I, I agree with what both Scott and James have said, this isn't going away. You know, we're, we're gonna be doing this. 
I think forever now. Uh, yes, we do have things that need to take place in a classroom, but if it doesn't have to take place in person, why not open it up to students offsite? I mean, uh, you know, the tuition collectors really like that because they can collect more money by having more students in the classroom without having to build out larger rooms. So, um, you know, we see a lot of that. Uh, and yes, there's always gonna be someone who's sick or someone who has to take care of a kid or whatever, and they can't make it to class. So we're opening it up to them as, as well. Um, and on, you know, we have I've heard about people saying, you know, their classroom is shut down. People don't, Scott was saying, you know, the faculty don't wanna go in the classroom. Our faculty members are used to teaching in a certain classroom. So they're, want, they're saying, I don't want the students there, but I wanna go teach in the same room I was. I want, you know, uh, I want that same feel when I'm teaching my students. So we've kind of built those rooms out first, you know, with a, a single webcam and a microphone if they didn't have it, uh, with some sort of bridging device that converts it to USB so we take it straight to the computer. That's interesting. So I'm just going to sort of add on and, and build on what everybody said. So we had sort of a, a situation with both. So the first thought that we had was let's outfit these rooms to the T, let's get it done. Let's, and the budget said, no, you're not going to be able to do that. There's only this much. There's other concerns that other faculty have. And so what happened is we talked about the video and audio sound bars, the, the poly solution in the carts. And but we were able to get some of like a, the Vadio has a nice conference cam uh, set up where they have two microphones uh, that come down from the ceiling and do great pickup. So in a couple auditoriums, we have those. Those were great. We have some lavaliers and some with the uh, poly carts that we put with the interactive displays. Um, it was very flexible and works very well. However, what we came up against recently was that it does not do well with music classes so that there's an audio challenge there so we're you know making adjustments but yeah this this sort of high flex and it is definitely here to stay you're right ernie have being able to have remote students uh to bolster the attendance with the face-to-face -face is going to be there and uh yeah this certainly isn't going anywhere so there's a lot of interesting challenges but i i think all of us have really you know, stepped up and, and taken the bull by the horns and really, you know, uh, done a great job with this. So, Rob, I actually am kind of, now this is kind of a funny bit. Recently, we, at least on my campus, we, we just put in a couple of WebEx uh, room kits for the music department. And the fact that you're saying, oh, yeah, there's a problem with, uh, there's a problem with uh, music and everything. Now, I'm going to guess it's, uh, and once again, folks, we'll, I'll break this down for you and everything. Usually, whenever you have uh, communication, there's either simplex, which is one way, or duplex, which is two way. Normally, when you're doing teaching, it's duplex. Guess what? Uh, guess what doesn't always work out the best way because there's always a little bit of a lag slash delay. Is is uh, when you're doing video conferencing, or specifically when it's you know when it comes with especially with music, it's the beats, it's the timing, and everything else, and. I'm just just for just for fun, Rob. Did it turn into like a whiplash situation? Which, if you ever seen the movie, uh, you know that's the J.K. Is this a did any of the faculty turn into J.K. Simmons? <laughs> so a, a little bit. So it, it's funny because one of the 
suckers that we're working with to do a setup actually was very proactive. So they, what they did is they took a Yeti mark, microphone and plugged it, believe it or not, not into the uh, soundbar, but into their laptop for Zoom. And that really helped as far as the, the music portion of it. But at that point, you know, you're, you're, you're weeks in. And one of the things that I was a little disappointed with is that, you know, they didn't contact us sooner to say, hey, this is a bigger problem and you really need to look at it. Um, so the students were a little discouraged, but they, you know, they, they flip-flop. One week they're remote, one week they're, they're in class. So it sort of eased the pain a little bit. Um, so really there was only, you know, two, uh, instructors as far as this goes that sort of had some difficulties and then another one was somewhat technologically challenged so yeah we got a little bit of you know walk into the classroom to talk to them and you get ambushed you know it, it happens but it's good feedback and we're learning from it and you know we'll definitely be able to fix the problem because I think James you were talking about the you know being able to combine microphones and putting it into the system you know that sounds like that's you know the perfect solution so yeah, it's um, if anything, one of the bits that uh, the other thing that we've we've uh, come across is um, Ernie talked about it uh, in a previous podcast and everything. But for us, we've been kind of trying to get folks into this concept of, well, I just want to do Zoom. OK, that's that's great. If I if I go and say, well, this room does Zoom, you're going to have folks who are going to say, well, you know, I want to do WebEx in here or I want to do go to meeting or I want to do blue jeans. OK. So we've kind of gone and rebranded our stuff saying that it can do soft conferencing. Reason being is that it makes it a more flexible slash generic term um, because folks tend to get like, you know, there's almost this, this, you know, Zoom has kind of become like the Kleenex of, you know, collaboration slash unified communication. It's not a bad thing so much as just, you have folks who are like, no, no, we do stuff on this one. Oh no, we do stuff on this one. Okay, fine. Me personally, I like doing stuff on Teams, but that's just because everyone I know is right there and I can pull them in and it's super easy. However, most times Teams is meant for internal communication. It's not meant to, you know, bridge across things. So it's one of those like, yeah, it's great if you're within your organization. But um, the thing I had to laugh about was recently um, some folks within um, our camp, my campus and everything, said, oh, we want to make our rooms uh, Zoom or soft conferencing capable. And I kind of went, okay, so here's a display that has uh, a built-in uh, mic element array. And uh, here's a webcam, or if you don't want that, I can get you, uh, you know, the Yamaha UC soundbar and camera or the AV or model, whatever. It's not a big deal to me. Oh, no, 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 we need to have like a, a nice, a nice camera for this stuff and this and that because you know we're going to be doing web conferencing in here and I, I looked at the guys and everything and and i said so which software do you use oh we'll, we'll use zoom and and sometimes we use blackboard collaborate and i'm like okay um do you get have you guys actually ever been in a zoom session well yeah i'm like uh -huh. have you guys ever actually ran a zoom session well no like, okay well see the whole point of it is you can have a camera in the room and that's good if you want to just see the person's face and everything. Other than that, the whole emphasis should be on the content they're providing. Now, the exception to that is, you know, once again, if you're doing music or if you're doing um, art or things like that, then it's, you know, you're looking more at the hands and motor functions. But 
guys, just just a general question for you guys. Most everyone, you, you at least have like some sort of like you know how to session with um, with faculty or staff as far as you know. Guys, this is how you actually run a, an actual Zoom session. And Rob, I'm sure you've probably like run it through with folks because as much as I want to, as much as, you know, as tech managers go and everything, listen, I want to make things awesome and great and super intuitive. But in the same case, there has to, I think there has to be like, you really have to understand how Zoom and how some, some of the other UC platforms actually work before, you know, all of a sudden, you know, there's, you know, oh, look, we put a, you know, we put in a $15,000 uh, DSP and, and video system in here. Cool. Um, the folks are just going to be running PowerPoint. They don't want the camera on them. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, I mean, training is key. Um, you know, we offer these Zoom primers and we try to get it out to as many faculty organizations and faculty and staff as we can um, to let them know that, you know, you really need to go through this so you understand the technology. Um, so, you know, and it's similar to when they walk into, you know, uh, a, you know, fully outfitted, you know, classroom or lecture hall, they sort of need to know how the touch panels, how do the controls work. It's the same with any, you know, collaboration platform. So, you know, mainly with Zoom, we offer it, you know, through primers with, with my staff. We also have like a, 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 a website that they can go to and they can click on and go through basic things, even how to prevent Zoom bombing. But, you know, one of the challenges you run into is that, you know, you've got to get it out there. How do you get it out there best? And sometimes, you know, it, it, it takes sometimes from the higher up from the pro to say, hey, people, we really need to, you know, have you do this because, you know, we're talking about Zoom bombing. Um, you know, that's, it, it, it's, it's come back. It's now back in style. And it's yeah. because people are not paying attention to best practices, putting links out without passcodes or waiting rooms or whatever out on social media, you know, so that, you know, that you can, they can have the, the Zoom bombing trolls look around and find the link and go, aha, we can get in. So it's, it, it's amazing. But again, knowledge is power, training is the key. And, and, you know, getting this information out to the faculty and say, hey, come in, if you have a question, we'll show you hands on how to do it. Yeah. Now, just to back up for this and anything, if you folks don't know, or if you, you know, haven't, uh, haven't had this happen to you. Uh, Zoom bombing is a more recent uh, thing. And that is pretty much folks will go and hijack a session, drop in, uh, drop some, uh, some, some terms of unfathomable language or put up some content that, you know, will make uh, the faculty clutch their pearls. And then they hop out like little trolls. And um, for us, that actually happened just recently and uh, it was for a large scale event. And of course they wanted, you know, maximum participation and all this stuff and everything. And they put it out there publicly for everyone. And there you go. And so I think that's one of the things that's gonna be popping back up again is as much as they wanna have folks go, oh yeah, we want everyone to participate, this and that. If anything, I, I think either A, we're going to see the resurgence of webinars slash meeting rooms, uh, you know, where folks like kind of verify and check who you are before they, before they let you in. Um, you know, you'll be only, you know, viewed as a visitor. You can't actually say anything. And, you know, if push comes to shove and it goes sideways, congrats, folks. We're putting this up on YouTube. We're not going to make the link public. You can say all the fun stuff you want in the chat. We're not going to pay attention to this. I'll never say that out loud, but you know, 
usually when usually when uh, um, the office of the president tends to do something, they they already have their agenda set in mind, and uh, you know they'll 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 pick the Q and A very particularly. Um, Just have to give this. It, it's one of these things <laughs> I'm sure we've all experienced, right? And so. I, Let's pretend that nobody would recognize my voice back at work because I'm going to pick on somebody. We've had a Zoom bombing before and they, you know, flipped out, message to the VP, blah, blah. All right, we'll contact them. All right, we looked at your, your, your meeting. You, don't you, you took off the passcode and you took off the, the waiting room. Yeah, those are a pain. Right. But those are the things that prevent a Zoom bombing. Yeah, I don't want to use those. How else can I do it? You, you can't. It's just, it's like, you just go around and around and around. Like, there's lots of people who get it. And, and we have lots of people who just jump on. They love the webinar. They love, but it's just like, yeah, I took those off because they're a pain. Like, okay, these two things don't add up. And frankly, you're smart enough to understand what I'm telling you. <laughs> so that's the problem with any security is the people are the weakest link. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys actually attended the HEPMA conference uh, a couple weeks ago, but Harry Mee, who was on there, greatest line, I heard one of the greatest lines, there's a lot of information that was dropped during there, but he said, if it's hard for you, it's hard for somebody else. And I, I think that's, yeah, to you, Scott, like, yeah, it's a pain to go through the waiting rooms and approval and stuff, but Otherwise, you're opening up your front door and letting everybody in. Yeah. The, yeah, the best way I've, I've ever, like someone's thrown it to me is try to explain it to a five-year-old. If you can't explain it to a five-year-old, how, you know, imagine how hard that's going to be for everyone else. Not saying, not saying our faculty are five-year-olds, but keep in mind, a lot of these folks have PhDs and are specialized in things that are far beyond either my interest or my mental capacity. And for them, it is, it, it, is say, it does kind of turn into the, okay, how do I automate this and go? And just kind of circling back to what Scott had, had mentioned before, um, when it comes to like some of the lecture capture stuff, one of the biggest things we saw was as we were trying to get the faculty up and going uh, with doing Zoom sessions or doing Blackboard Collaborate Ultra sessions and all sorts of stuff, the biggest thing we, they asked was, oh, how do I plug this into my Blackboard shell? And that became like such a number one question that usually I was the one who would end up handling that for the folks because it was really probably a total of like five mouse clicks or so. But it was one of those, here, you automate it, here you go, there it is. And then on top of that for us, we also kept constantly having to tell folks, uh, please record it to the, if you're gonna record your session, record it to the cloud. That's, you know, that's the best way to do it. If you record it onto the PC, you're going to have to go back to that room to get it. But um, yeah, that's the, the, one, of the, one of the biggest things. Like I said, that was one of the biggest things is just getting the faculty kind of used to it, getting them just, it's, it's almost like I would make the joke of, it's almost like a little teething problem in which it's like, oh, but I want to do that. I want to do this. Yeah, I know. But you, you know, you know how uh, uh, folks were heckling you? Yeah. This is how you stop them. You know, it's it's also in the same way of um, one of the things we ended up having to we had to explain to everyone is um, we use uh, Solstice and WebEx Share on campus and everything, and uh, for them, 
a lot of the faculty were like, well, can I just, you know, can I just uh, put this on and, and go? And I'm like, no, we have the password on the screen only in order to make sure folks don't hijack it and get in. Oh, but nobody's going to do that. And I'm like, we have students who are malicious and just want to, you know, mess with things. Like students get bored. They start, they, they, they start doing that stuff. What do you want me to say? I, I think that's the biggest one, Bill, that we really ran into is, is people are like, they, they don't get like, I, I don't understand either. Why does somebody want to Zoom bump? Who the heck knows? But like they're doing it from other countries. Like it's, it's, it's fun. They're sitting around laughing. So when you, this idea of oh, who would want to do that to this, it's like, good question, but they exist. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the same category of originally um, <clears throat> when I was, as I say, when we were, um, James and I were talking about this and that is, um, you know, oh, here, update the passwords on, on your uh, AV equipment and everything. Oh, uh, here, put it on its own VLAN. Oh, why do we have to do all that? Why can't it just reside on the same, the rest of the network as uh, everything else? And it's the same reason. It's because guess what? Folks are going to dabble. Folks are going to try to mess around. Um, and why? I don't know. They're bored. And, you know, it's why we put stuff on our own separate VLAN. It's why we also, you know, change all the passwords is, is you know, before, you know, as soon as we get the stuff, because we've kind of, we're, we're doing a lot of in-house integration ourselves. So the moment the stuff comes in, you know, usually we go and, and upload everything and redo everything ourselves. Ernie? Yeah, I can say, you know, we've had students for years just messing with the instructors or whatever. I had a student one time who managed to find the uh, RF frequency of the uh, little remote uh, PowerPoint advancer we had in the room. And they only did it on one instructor. Okay. And she really thought she was losing it because her slides would just start going forward and backwards. You know, and if she would call in sick or someone else came in to teach, it didn't happen. <laughs> so, Ernie, we actually had an issue like that without it being malicious. Um, they purchased some of these knockoff presenters, the clickers, and it took us a while to figure it out. But it turned out when you turn the, the clicker on, it connects to the first dongle it sees doesn't mean it's the one in the room. So we had ones connecting to other rooms and advancing slides. So that's where I go back with the whole security is yeah. it needs, like humans make mistakes, right? but we got to take the time to fix it, set it up correctly so that those mistakes don't happen. Like Bill yeah. was saying, who wants a Zoom bomb? Like there's other issues there. You could get into a whole racing or um, cyber attack, cyber bullying, yeah. stuff like that. That So yeah, Zoom on, you disrupt the class. Okay, what big deal? But there's other other effects that can happen there. And that's, I think, what yeah. we got to look at. Yeah, we look at, the, at how to provide the security. One thing I will give Zoom a big plus on here is uh, anytime any of our uh, university uh, links, you know, a Zoom link gets uh, posted to social media, any type of social media, our administrators, our Zoom administrators get an email and say, hey, this event has, is now on social media. You might want to look at changing the passcode or uh, updating it. And we immediately go to the, to the uh, 
coordinator of that event and say, did you mean for this to be out in the public? Sometimes it's yes. And if the answer is yes, we do want people to get to this. We teach them about, you know, we say, okay, are you going to be the one running the meeting? Yes, I am. Let me show you the security features at the bottom of the screen for the, for the host of the event and show you how to use those because you are probably going to get bombed now. And that, you know, just letting them know that those tools are available and that we have warned them, you know, takes a lot of the load off of us at that point. When they come back and say, we got Zoom bombed. I said, well, here's the seven emails went back and forth between us. And here's the offer of training we gave you uh, to keep it from happening. Yeah, that's that's the thing that um, it's, you know, I swear it's almost like uh, someone going, oh, I don't need to buy uh, flood insurance, really, because your property, the uh, the insurance guys and the 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 mortgage folks are like, you know, this is in a floodplain. Oh, it hasn't flooded here for years. Blah blah blah. You're fine. Yeah, they're they're, they're still giving you the heads up, like you know, don't put your stuff on the first floor. But, they won't give you a mortgage around here in that case. <laughs> um, it, for for us, uh, funny enough, it wasn't until uh, Sandy that uh, all of a sudden it was like. Oh yeah, yeah. You know this entire township's a floodplain, right? And um, yeah, you—it's been amazing seeing like the number of houses that have all suddenly been like jacked up and lifted up and everything. Yeah, in my area, same same. We have a lot of uh, uh, houses by the water, and after Sandy, they're all getting jacked up. Oh yeah. We're, we're a society so, of a uh, reactionary. We yeah. should get into proactive. Yeah. So that's uh, as I say, folks. That's. That's really how I'm kind of viewing this. We're trying to be proactive about this. And obviously, you know, if you're going to have faculty who are going to be sticklers about stuff and go, oh, no, this is the way I do it. Oh, who's going to who's going to do that to me? Well, the answer is uh, a, someone who's bored. Now, I'm not going to say that's that's always, you know, that's a nice thing to say. But once again, you know, why do people troll? Oh, I don't know, because for them, it's fun. They They, you know. You know, why does someone, why does someone, you know, why does someone crank call uh, Rob's phone at three in the afternoon on, on every third Friday? Um, because, I, yeah, because I, because I already, because I already went on Fiverr and did that ahead of time. Anyways. Um, well, you know, the Zoom bombers, you think about it, you know, someone mentioned they're from other countries. You realize the other side of the planet's 12 hours off of us. These are the people that are up at two and three in the morning. They're the ones that are Zoom bombing you. You know, um, so, so but that's the type of people it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, folks, it's, it's one of those, uh, you know, do, do I enjoy doing this on folks? No, but at the same time, if you're going to, if you're going to, if we're going to try to go for maximum outreach, you have to go through these steps. Like that's at the best way I'm going to put it is it's just, it's best practices. Is it the most comfortable experience? No, but at the same time, folks were, dealing with a new remote world on things we're dealing with you know we're still going to be dealing probably with uh with this for quite some time and even after vaccinations and we've hit herd immunity and everything else we're still going to have like students who go and say yeah um uh, can i can we just do a remote set? can i come in remotely and you know if we really value our students the answer is going to be yeah we're going to be making that it's it's always going to be a thing Anyways, guys, that's about all the time we have. Uh, I'm going to go around the around the room for folks. Uh, where can, uh, as I say, Ernie, where can the fine folks find you at? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. All right. 
Mr. King, where can the fine folks find you at? Uh, best is probably Twitter, AV underscore James King. There you go. Uh, Mr. Raspberry? Uh, it's LinkedIn. There you go. And Mr. Tyner, where can folks find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. And what's, what would your Twitter handle be there, sir? Uh, it's at S Tyner, S-T-I-N-E-R. There you go. And for me, you can find you can find me on LinkedIn. As always, this has been EdTech, part of the AV Nation family of podcasts. As always, this is EdTech.